Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, is Texas Football Today, a show that celebrates unions every day, not just on Labor Day. Yeah. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Howdy. Uh, how was your long weekend? It was good. Lots of lots of football. Lots of football. Really, just football. That that was about mostly it. football. That was that was about it. <laughs> mostly football. Um, today is Tuesday, September eighth, twenty twenty. Seventy nine days till Thanksgiving. Episode one thousand twenty three. One thousand twenty. Oh, it's one thousand twenty four. Mm-hmm. Oh, that changes everything. One thousand twenty four. One thousand twenty four. The Todd Stottlemyre episode. Todd Stottlemyre. Did he play for the Rangers? He darn sure did, Bob. He. Appeared in 10 games for the Rangers in 1998. Well, how about that? I learned something today. On today's show, friends, big show because Everything. we're cramming, we're cramming yeah. two shows into one. You think we're just, you think we're just, you know, going to skip Monday? Ha! Ha! I say. <laughs> uh, we've got Monday morning, Monday morning fallout uh, where we'll overreact to the football weekend. Then we'll talk with Craig Wave, Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer, as we do every Tuesday, 12-15. Then... We're going to roll out the Texas High School Ball rankings. They're already up on TexasFootball.com, so there's no real suspense, but we'll talk about them at TexasFootball.com slash rankings. Uh, we will unveil the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees, the Coach of the Week, the Team of the Week, and then we'll wrap it all up with a nice campus crawl. Yeah, I had to hit I had to hit that lower third with the uh, and more because there was too no much. way. Too much. Loaded show. <laughs> loaded show. No so, way. So before we waste any more time, do we have first, fourth through the door? We sure do. It was John Velo, Allison Brown, Rob Hadaway, and Meese. Welcome in, everyone. Fellas and lady fellas, as <laughs> the great woman once said. Pickle, hit the air raid siren. Time for Monday morning fallout, of course. When we overreact to <laughs> On the football. This lovely Tuesday. Weekend. It's. Monday morning fallout. We do this once a year because Labor Day is always a thing. Uh, Monday morning fallout. Overreact to the football weekend. A lot to overreact to. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, weight class matters. And there were a number of ranked teams across the state of Texas that lost in week two. 
and most especially, it was just absolute chaos Mm -hmm. and calamity and carnage in 3A Division 2. Just teams getting mollywopped. But that's an instance where you got to dive a little bit deeper. And you got to look at the matchups. And in a lot of ways, the games, if you're just looking at the classifications, held to chalk. I'll give you an example. One of the big games this week was Argyle and Pleasant Grove, right? Argyle beat Pleasant Grove. Argyle's a bigger school. Yeah. That's not the only reason they beat Pleasant Grove. I don't want to say that. I don't want to take anything away from Argyle. Mm-mm. But they're the bigger school. You were at Pottsboro and Gunner. Yes. On Friday night. And they were just bigger humans. Pottsboro beat Gunner, <laughs> right? Pottsboro, 3A Division One. Mm-hmm. Gunner, 3A Division Two. Iowa Park beat Canadian. Big come from behind win for the Hawks. Great win for them. Iowa Park's a 4A team. Canadian's 3A team. Dangerfield lost. Dangerfield lost to Tatum. Now, Tatum's not an amazing 4A team, but they are bigger. Mm-hmm. And there's that. Where I really raise an eyebrow are teams that are punching up and winning. Mm-hmm. For example, I thought Refurio's win over George West was, was awful impressive. impressive. Yeah, no doubt. Not only is that a good 3A Division II team, mm-hmm. it's a 3A Division II team, and Refurio's 2A Division One team. Punching up is a very hard thing to do. Just ask a lot of the teams across the state that tried it. Right? Waco Conley punched up, came up short against Waco La Vega. Right? Uh, there are, that is the thing that I am most impressed with is if you are able to punch up and win, that's impressive. If you, But I also don't want to hold teams. For example, uh, Belleville beat Cameron Yo, 4A over 3A. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to punish teams too much for taking on the challenge of teams that are bigger than them. So weight class matters. Thought number two. College football is back. I had a weird experience with college football this weekend. <laughs> of I, course you did. <laughs> I watched I watched all three bits and pieces of all three of the games in Texas this mm-hmm. week. Um, SMU's win over Texas State. North Texas. North Texas win over Houston Baptist. And, and UTEP's UTEP. win over Stephen F. Austin. I watched bits and pieces of all three of them. Mm-hmm. And for one, it was a little bit odd just the feel for all of the games that they were played in front of significantly fewer fans that the fanfare was a lot less and furthermore and maybe it was because of the news coming surrounding it right that for example TCU and SMU is getting postponed indefinitely because uh, TCU is having an outbreak Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, Rice announced that they are going to delay their practices until the end of September Right? Maybe it's all the things around the game, but I had I had a hard time getting engaged. I had a hard time sitting down and 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 being like, college football is back. And there are, and that's the thing. I realize I'm the weird one here. I realize that my experience is the uh is the strange one. Mm-hmm. But that was how I was feeling watching college football. Now it was fun to break down the plays and watch it and 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 watch you know one of them in particular you you know Texas State would and SMU was interesting for the for most of the game, mm-hmm. UTEP Stephen F Austin was interesting for most of the game, North Texas and Houston Baptist played, um, 
but it was it was kind of there was that hesitation for me to jump whole hog into it. And I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because there are significantly fewer teams playing right now. Right. I wonder if it's because it was kind of like a halfway week one, almost like a third of the way week one. Right. Or if it's just because of all the noise around it. I don't know. For some reason, it was just an odd feeling watching college football this weekend. I'm sure it'll get better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's gonna. I'm gonna shake it. But for the first for the first week, it was just a little bit strange. I think for me, it was just the fact that yeah, like you said, the halfway week one thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I had texted my dad and was like, "This college game day like setup is so oh, weird." Oh man! And he was like, "I didn't even realize they were doing it this week." And I was like, "I didn't either until I got the notification." Like I didn't even think about it, and it was just it was. And it's odd, it's, and like game day's gonna go. So game day's and game day's gonna start going on the road, but they're not gonna have people there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, if a tree falls in the forest, you know, right? And I was just, like, the content-wise, they did you know. a really good job of covering everything and all that. It just, it's not. It felt like a news report. It's it not just the felt same. weird. It man. was sad. It just felt weird. I don't know. It and I know that. Sad. I know that we're all getting used to the new normal or whatever. But it was just odd. Just odd. That's just how I felt. And thought number three: a different kind of week. We're looking forward now to week three of the Texas high school ball season. Um, it's a different kind of week for the big schools, 6A and 5A. They can start practices this week. So obviously that's notable. They can actually go out there. I certainly wish them the best. If you look up and down the, the games, uh, the biggest games across the state this week, what I would say is that whereas last week you had a couple of real big, mm-hmm. no doubt heavy hitters as far as matchups are concerned, this week, I think, is deeper, but maybe not as top-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you've got games like uh, Hamlin and Albany. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting game. Probably not as big of a game as like uh, Pleasant Grove Argyle was, right? right? That's one thing. Um, you look at a game like uh, Lampasas and Wimberley. Mm-hmm. Another real quality game. Probably not up to that standard of like, oh my gosh, like the must-see, the number one versus number one, mm-hmm. right? But I also think that it's a deeper slate that I think that there's about 30 games that are like real choice. Mm-hmm. Real, real choice. There's not that one game that's like, whoa, that's this the game the you've got to be at. Yeah. But there is that kind of depth instead that I think, and generally speaking, those are the games that, those are the weeks I tend to enjoy more. Because oh, yeah. it's more, I'm I'm a I'm a value shopper. Mm-hmm. Like I want as much as much uh, compelling football as possible. And so this week I think is tailor made for that. Last week was a lot more star studded. It mm-hmm. was like big time matchups all across the state. Gutter Pottsboro, right? This one is a little bit more. You know, these are the ones that are across the board. It's going to sneak up on you too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's going to be overtime games and stuff like that that people were like, "Oh, that ended up being Mm -hmm. a really good game." (laughs) Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Corpus Christi Callon running back Jeremiah Earls ran for 317 yards and three touchdowns in their big win over Jordanton. Big bounce back win. That was a fun game back and forth between those two teams. A high scoring uh, affair between them. Cal Allen's uh, running back Jeremiah Earls gets a helmet sticker. A helmet sticker for UTEP running back Deion Hankins. The Miners. 113 yards and two touchdowns on the ground in their big come from behind win over Stephen F. Austin. Um, I'll mention this when we get to campus crawl. Every time they do something besides hand the ball to Deion Hankins is a mistake. <laughs> just keep just keep feeding them. Feed him. Deion Hankins is awesome. Continue to give Deion Hankins the ball. And a helmet sticker 
for Wink athlete Brock Gibson. I think this is Coach Gibson's son. I don't know. In any case, <laughs> here is the most perfectly 2A line of all time. Mm -hmm. Six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown receiving. 13 tackles, a tackle for loss, two forced fumbles, and a fumble return. He kicked three PATs. He blocked a PAT, and he blocked a punt. I love small school that's, football. That's, that's a night. I love it. Have yourself it. a night, Brock Gibson. He gets a helmet sticker here on Monday Morning Follow. Three teams to worry about. Let's worry a little bit about Alto. Mm -hmm. Alto um, got, got kind of hammered last week by Timpson 48 to 6 I don't really know what happened but I know they fell behind 27 nothing at halftime and couldn't dig out of it they only had a, a, like under 150 yards or un, just over 150 yards total offense a little worried about Alto now Alto um, I believe are they 0-2 they are 0-2 Troop and Timpson they've scored six points all year a little worried about Alto a little worried about Rice um, I know they didn't play, but there was the report that came out that they are now going to delay their start of practices until the end of September. Um, because of the, they say that the transmit rate of transmission of COVID-19 on campus is relatively low, but in the city of Houston, it's still pretty high. And so they're being extra precautious. I'm going to speculate wildly here. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Speculate wildly. I have had some doubts over the past couple of weeks that Rice is going to play. Mm -hmm. I've had some doubts. They've all, Conference USA has already had one team opt out in Old Dominion. I am a little bit worried of that they're going to play. Maybe it's just a confluence of a bunch of things that they, like the, that, that the Houston Rice game, the Bayou Bucket has still been not, no, they haven't set a date on that. Mm -hmm. Um, they they canceled that game with Lamar. Now Lamar ended up like not playing, but like, and now this, I don't know, and I don't have any sort of inside information. I have heard it bandied about that there are doubts as to whether or not they're playing, and I'm mm -hmm. starting to wonder myself. I was thinking if they were starting play at the end of September, that would be a little bit different, but not even starting practice like that. Their first game, they're, I think that now they, I, I don't know, I don't have the press release right in front of me, but I know they're going to start practice like, Basically, the week of their first game. Right. And that and that makes me wonder, okay, if things don't get significantly better, are they just going to say, you know what, we're done? Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. That's, that's again, speculating wildly. I don't have any sort of inside information on that. But I do wonder. Wonder. And let's worry about Geronimo Navarro. That was not a no. great uh, debut for them. Um, they lose their opener. And, and now, you know, first and foremost, credit to Lavernia. Lavernia um, wins 29, uh, 28 19. Uh, but now they play Needville. Uh, Navarro, I want to see them get the wheels back on. I want to see, the, you know, the, I want to see them kind of get that, that offense grinding a little bit. But anyway, Navarro, I'm a little bit worried about Geronimo Navarro. Three teams to watch. Both. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you missed it. Poth clobbered Fall City, 58 to nothing in the Polish Bowl. And I know, again, that's weight class matters. It's a 3A over 2A. I don't want to make too much of it. But that is the second largest margin of victory in that series ever. And we had Coach Jeff Luna on our show on, on um, Football Friday. And he was like, yeah, that felt really good. 
Poth <laughs> has now, I think Poth is 2-0, and and I think they've outscored opponents like 120-7. to mm-hmm. They are clobbering people. Uh, Texas State. Pretty impressive. The Bobs. Okay. The fighting Ishmael Johnson. I think nobody necessarily expected them to go out there and win the game against SMU, but they were in it. In it till the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Very impressed. I think that they are moving forward. Now, look, there's some growing pains to be had with um, uh, with Brady McBride. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's there's some concerns. They're not, I don't think they're going to, I don't suddenly think they're going to win the Sun Belt, but I think they're not bad. I think there is a, I think there is a lot of reason for optimism for Texas State mm-hmm. coming out of that loss. And Mount Vernon. Remember them? <laughs> We're going to have to have some awkward conversations here, guys. Yeah. Uh, but Mount Vernon uh, mollywopped Pittsburgh in a game that ended at halftime. I think it was 37-8 or 37-6 at halftime. Yeah, it was. And the game got called for weather, lightning, something. And watch out they for Mount Vernon. Them. They got a big game this week. It's Paul Puet. Uh Mount Vernon, a team to watch. And that is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Got a lot of great stuff up there for insiders. New episode of Tep and Step. I got to make a story for it, but it's in your feed if you're an insider. New episode of Tep and Step. I think we went for like an hour 15 last night. We're dorks. We did that. We got computer rankings of every Texas high school football team. Uh, tomorrow, computer projections of every Texas high school football game. I started something this week called Game Ranks, where I am going through and I'm telling you the 50 best games of the of the week and then uh, overall. And then I'm also going region by region. And I am... Um, and I'm ranking each of the games. So if you are looking for a game, if you're in the Concho Valley and you're like, I don't, if you're a San Angelo Central fan, I'm in the Concho Valley. I want to go see a football game. You can go to the Concho Valley. You can see what the best game of the, of the week is, which I can tell you is... Um, Steps going to two games uh, Wall there. and San Antonio Cornerstone. Oh, yeah. You can go there and j- that's your game. Anyway, we got that. Textfootball.com slash subscribe to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. We may not have been in work yesterday, but all that means is that we didn't have to slog through a show without Craig Lay. Because now we're joined by the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer himself on the hotline. We're joined by Craig Lay. Craig, um, did you have a, a, a fine and relaxing Labor Day weekend? Because when you think of slogging, my name immediately comes to mind. I get that. <laughs> I, under, I understand that. Um, I was actually doing a little bit of work. I was uh, anchoring our uh, coverage down here in Austin uh, on our radio network for uh, Tom Herman's first in-season news conference of the year. So it's kind of like closer to that, hey, folks, this is really about to happen. You're going to have Texas and UTEP on Saturday night if things continue to go. And I know there's a lot of people that are falling to the I'll believe it when I see it category. Remember, we were like that about high school football two weeks ago, so – Unfortunately, that's happened, so maybe that also happens at the collegiate level this Saturday night here at Austin. Yes, uh, the mighty miners of UTEP coming to town. And look, you got to watch out. They're 1-0, one, they're one and Texas <laughs> hasn't even won a game this year. Hey, how many times before, you know, going back 
uh, years ago and then even the year before that. How many times did we say the name Dion Hayes? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what he was doing and smashing all records at Parkland High and El Paso rushing records. I mean, local hero, and he rushes for over 100 yards last week. So they're pretty pumped up about uh, going, coming into the game on Saturday. It's, it's certainly someone of which to take note uh, for the Texas defense, which you're right, will be taking the field for the first time. Absolutely. Uh, Craig, I want to ask you about something I just got done talking about, which is, you know, we saw a lot of the uh, ranked teams across the state. We saw what I think could be categorized as Texas high school football chaos. But I think when you look a little bit closer, you start to and and you start to measure up against the, the classifications in many ways. It seems like it held to chalk as far as not necessarily the better team winning. I don't necessarily want to go out on that limb. But what I will say is it seemed like when in doubt this past weekend, go with the larger team, go with the team with the bigger classification. And and especially here in the early goings, I think that it's important to remind people that we're not dealing with necessarily uh, apples to apples comparisons and that there's because he's crossed divisions, cross-classification games, um, you do have to take that into account whenever you're analyzing these results. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Tep. And uh, these inter-classification battles quite often take you right. You can't do a true apples-to-apples compare. In fact, my, my partner on my show, Jeff House, is fond of using the word you're comparing apples to pomegranates <laughs> when he says it. And, and, and in this case, the larger pomegranates were going to be the ones that were that we're going to bear a little fruit quicker because uh, there are teams that might be a little more athletic, deeper in number, uh, and and not only that, you know, uh, in these pandemic times, it's you're going to lean on guys who are more proven commodities in terms of their size and athletics. Now there are obvious, uh, you know, uh, exceptions to the rule. Two weeks ago, we saw uh, Shiner, uh, you know, look very impressive to a state ranked higher classification team and in 3A in Hallettsville, but but those are going to be more the exception than the rule unless you have a you know a huge difference between say a lower classification school that just is head and shoulders above a team that may be in a larger classification but just doesn't have the track record or the numbers or the talent to stick up with them. So I don't think we should be shocked by it. It, it is amusing though when we see that chaos because when I see that chaos happen I think of you and Steph, and I think, okay, yeah, these guys are going to roll up their sleeve and just guffaw at what they have to do in putting together a new poll. Yeah, I'll tell you, it wasn't necessarily the most fun in the world to sort through 3A Division Two because it was just just absolute calamity, uh, a calamity upon calamity there. Uh, we're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation at hashtag TFToday. Um, and so now we're, we're through to week three of the Texas high school football season. But before we get to that, there is obviously um, some, some – it's a, it's a notable day for, a, for every other school, the 6A and 5A schools across the state, as they are now able to start practice. They were able to start practice uh, yesterday. If they wanted to work on Labor Day, many of those schools uh, did, in fact, go to practice uh, on, on uh, Monday. Um, in your, when you have uh, had these conversations with these coaches, I know you you have a number of your coaches on your show and, and talk with them. Um, the uh, my sense among coaches is the overwhelming feeling is just relief that they're out there. 
uh, and that they're practicing at all. Is are you getting these same uh, these same reports from whenever you're talking with folks, especially down there in the Austin area? Absolutely, uh, Drew Sanders, the head coach at Vandegrift down here, is supposed to have a really good team and another opportunity to go deep uh, into the playoffs. And he said, quite frankly, I was, you know, that this here's that phrase again. I was wondering if we were going to get here, meaning just to start a practice. And he said, I had to, uh, you know, keep from getting down myself uh, about things and stay upbeat and keep telling my kids. But let's keep working. Uh, it'll find a way to get through to it. So you have that. Uh, uh, Carl Absek at Cedar Park, very similar type conversation. Uh, Todd Dodge at Westlake said all he, he continued to preach was, you know, stay with the process, keep working. It's going to work out. All three of those coaches, by the way, and there were several others in the greater Austin area, but all three of those coaches in specific, all with very good teams, and they all had practices beginning at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, yesterday, or 5.30 in the morning, I think, in the case uh, of Westlake. So they were at it dark and early, so to speak, to, uh, and everybody very, very excited. Uh, I know uh, at Westwood, at Cedar Ridge, and several of the other schools around the area, they were very, very pumped up to be even getting on the practice field and going to work. I'll give you three games coming up here in week three, and I'll let you teleport to one of them. Uh, we get you the Craigway teleporter again. You don't have to drive because I know that you know if I if I say you got to drive up 35 to get to a game, you're like, no, I just won't. Um, so you can just teleport there. You can either teleport to Albany to to watch Hamlin in Albany. You can teleport to San Marcos to watch Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, and La Vega, or you can teleport to Borden County to beautiful Gale, Texas, to watch Borden County and Rankin. Which of those three are you picking? Uh, I think that I'm actually going to teleport because, you know, uh, you could you could drive from here to San Marcos. You wouldn't even need to teleport. It'd be pretty oh, easy. But but could be pretty enter- entertaining game mm-hmm. with uh, with <laughs> you know with that matchup going on there. It could be it could be interesting. Um, I I think I'd kind of teleport for Reagan uh, for a Rankin in in Borden County. I mean, if we're we're going to get a good indication of some of the best six-man ball in the state of Texas by going to that game if we were looking at it. Now, all three, I think, have their merit and their value. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we could see possibly uh, another surprise or two. Uh, Melissa Pottsboro could be a, a one to watch as well. But of the three you mentioned, probably I'd be uh, inclined to go with Rankin Borden County. Uh, finally, Craig, I do want to ask you about the game that you are going to call hopefully knock on wood, uh, this Saturday as the Texas Longhorns welcome in the UTEP Miners. Now, it is worth mentioning, UTEP is 0-3 all-time against Texas. Uh, I believe this, uh, uh, Texas, I don't. I haven't seen the latest AP rankings. Uh, this might actually be the lowest-ranked Texas team that has played UTEP. They've been, uh, you know, uh, uh, number 2, number 11, number 10 in their time. My question for you is... Are you are you expecting a sharp Texas team on Saturday, or do you think that in many ways, like we've seen with all all sports, whenever they get going after the panda after the pandemic break, are you expecting a relative sense of, of sloppiness at least early? Yeah, the easy answer is to say I don't know what to expect. <laughs> you know, with with regard to it, but um, I know they're fired up about it. I know they've worked very hard. 
they haven't had any COVID cases uh, in a while, and they haven't had any real major injuries. There were only uh, three guys even on the injury reports. Uh, two of them are doubtful, but uh, it's looking like uh, Deli Adeaway, who was uh, cleared to practice, could resume, and that would put him back in the in the mix of the rotation for linebacking. They, uh, otherwise, everybody else is ready to go. So I think – that that's a good thing. It's probably a good thing that they're not playing a world-beater opponent. Now, give you tested do they have played a game. And coaches always say, you know, that old thing about improving most from week one to week two, they do have a game in hand, and they have their struggles for a time with, with uh, Stephen at Boston. But then they got it back together, and, and their defense played well in the second half. So uh, I, I give them that. Uh, I, I'm but like I said, from the Texas perspective, I'm sure it's probably a good thing that they aren't playing a major Power Five opponent coming out of this pandemic, having had no spring practice, having not been able to get team workouts, full team workouts underway until they got into August. So it's probably a good thing in that. So I'm, while I'm not sure what to expect, I think it might not be as awful as coming to that pandemic. And now, finally, before I let you go, I, I, I have to make sure I, I date you for a little bit. What year is this for you with the Longhorns radio broadcast? It had to go there, didn't Sorry about that. No, actually, I'm excited about it. It's, it's, uh, this is actually my 19th season in the play-by-play chair for football. When we get to basketball, it'll be my 20th because that's where the calendar flipped from when I took over the play-by-play. But it is my... 33rd season on the network and my uh, 29th season in the football broadcast booth. So, yeah, I've been around a while. (laughs) You can hear his dulcet tones calling (laughs) the Miners and the Longhorns Saturday on the Longhorn Radio Network. And, of course, find him on uh, the Horn in Austin every day on Light the Tower and High School Scoreboard Live Friday nights, 11 p.m., Fox Sports Southwest. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, I will see you Friday, and so I can wish you a good call then. So I'm not going to wish you a good call yet. Have the uh, coffee brutes or, or, or have Hardigan ready to go and run down the coffee for you again like she did last week, and we'll both knock it out. That sounds good, man. I'll talk to you later. You bet. There he goes. Craig White, Texas High School Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Tuesdays. 33 years. In the in the seat, in the seat, calling the Longhorn games, pretty impressive stuff. That's pretty awesome. Stuff. And he's been doing high school for longer than that. So, mm-hmm. anyway, appreciate Craig as always in his time. His, I know his time is valuable. Uh, yeah, what he's talking about is that. So because of um, coronavirus, mm-hmm. because of that, Fox Fox Sports Southwest has been, and you've been on these calls. They are like, like way over the top, like about safety like super right. like everything's really which specific. is good oh <laughs> thumbs up which i'm is a big good. fan as a result the they you they normally have as you know they normally have like a um like a not even like a green like a break room yeah they have a break room they, uh-huh. have, a, they have a fridge they have a couple places to sit they have microwave, a, a microwave yeah. and a coffee maker and so normally because i'm doing five hours of broadcasting mm-hmm. on friday night because of that in between shows, I will run and grab a cup of coffee or something like that. Well, that is closed mm-hmm. because of gestures at everything. <laughs> the so, world's on fire. So, actually, Aaron Hardigan offered to go and get me gas station coffee after Football Friday 
as I was starting scoreboard. And so, like, 20 minutes on the scoreboard, I got coffee delivered. So great. She's by, wonderful. By an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster. I think she has an Emmy. Uh, a, a, a should be, at least should be Emmy Award-winning broadcaster. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, How nice. Yes, that is Go, nice. Aaron. Anyway, you can catch Craig Way on uh, High School Scoreboard Live Friday nights. We're at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Sorry, I just read an email. Uh, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle. If I might read. Hold on. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving player, high schooler, in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, it's now Tuesday at 1233, so we're liars. The copy is lying to you. Uh, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you. TexasFootball.com, you vote. Tell us who should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced on Texas Football Today shortly thereafter. Big week of candidates. Your week two, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Wichita Falls Hershey defensive end Chris Murray. Chris Murray, 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles, and he ran for a touchdown. They were lining him up in the backfield for a lot of this game. He is a man among boys out back there. Wichita Falls Hershey defensive end Chris Murray. Belleville running back Richard Reese. 27 carries, 345 yards, and seven touchdowns on the ground for Richard Reese. I believe those are all school records, with the exception of the carries. Those are school records. And he had, I think he had seven touchdowns with like 10 minutes left in that game. He was a stud. Rosebud Lott, wide receiver and defensive back Jordan Landrum. Six tackles, five pass breakups, four interceptions. He took one back for a touchdown. He also had three catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns receiving. Rosebud Lott, wide receiver and defensive back Jordan Landrum. Electric quarterback and defensive back Jalen Dixon. 22 carries, 343 yards, and six touchdowns on the ground. He threw for 103 yards and a touchdown. He had 10 tackles and forced a fumble. I told you it was a ridiculous week. Jewett Leon, wide receiver Tyson Cornett. Nine catches, 255 yards, <laughs> and three touchdowns for the Leon wide receiver Tyson Cornett. Miniola running back Trevion Sneed carried the ball 21 times for 301 yards and three touchdowns and added six to eight tackles and two tackles for loss for good measure. Argyle wide receiver Cole Kirkpatrick went off seven catches, 185 yards, and three touchdowns for the Eagles, who improves 2-0. Comfort athlete Oscar Falcon. <clears throat> 97 yards and two touchdowns passing. 115 yards and a touchdown rushing. Two tackles and two pass breakups. He kicked a 42-yard field goal which is crazy. He kicked three PATs and he averaged 58 yards per punt. Oscar Falcon up for Mr. Checks football. So is Sanger athlete Talon Wellborn. 34 carries, workhorse. 250 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, plus eight catches, 130 yards receiving, plus three two-point conversions, three tackles, a pass breakup, and he kicked an extra point. Okay, he there was never a play that he did not touch the ball. That, you cannot convince me had otherwise. To be, had to be. Had to be. <laughs> you cannot convince me otherwise. Ridiculous. And finally, junction running back and linebacker Colton House. 26 carries, 211 yards, and two touchdowns rushing, and... 
12 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, and 2 pass breakups. A ridiculous week. So those are your Week 2 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Wichita Falls Hershey defensive end Chris Murray, Belleville running back Richard Reese, Rosebud Lot wide receiver and defensive back Jordan Landrum, Electra quarterback defensive back Jalen Dixon, Jewett Leon wide receiver Tyson Cornett, Mineola running back Trevion Sneed, Argyle wide receiver Cole Kirkpatrick, Comfort athlete Oscar Falcon, Sanger athlete Talon Wellborn, and... Junction running back and linebacker Colton House. Vote early, vote off, and vote now at texasfootball.com. <clears throat> On we go. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 2, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Oh, did I say Team of the Week? You have, you have Team of the Week. Yikes. Hold on. All right, hit him with it. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> Rodney Williams, Rodney Williams is didn't not... even coach, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. Hey, number in four class four A. Che Hendricks from Bernie. Coach Hendricks has the Greyhounds rolling or on or early on after an impressive thirty-seven to nine win over Splendor in a neutral site game in San Marcos. The victory, combined with last week's blowout win over Beville Jones, has Bernie into the four A Division One state top ten. In three A. Josh Ailman from SNS Consolidated. Coach Ailman's squad is flying high at 2-0 after a 14-0 win over Kalisburg. It's the first time the Rams have had back-to-back shutouts since 1998. Heady stuff for a program that had won just one game the past two years. Already doubled their win total from the last two years. In 2A, Brian Cosmo from Bartlett. Cosma entered his first win, or in, earned his first win as a head coach Thursday night. The Bulldogs earned their first win since October 2017 with a 48-12 win over Ranger, snapping Bartlett's 26-game losing streak. In 1A, Fernando Baeza from O'Donnell. Facing a traditional six-man power for the second consecutive week, Coach Baeza's Eagles were unfazed, taking the fight to Garden City and springing the 88-50 upset to improve to 2-0. And in the private school ranks, Mike Helmer from Houston Northside Homeschool. After struggling through a tough 2019, Coach Helmer has the Lions roaring into 2020, edging Houston, Texas Christian in their season opener, 35-32. So those are your Week 2 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 4A, Che Hendricks from Bernie. In 3A, Josh Ailman from SNS Consolidated. In 2A, Brian Cosma from Bartlett. In 1A, Fernando Baeza from O'Donnell. And in the private school ranks, Mike Helmer from Houston Northside Homeschool. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thank you for all you do for players, schools, and communities. And finally. Hey, don't worry. I got the graphics for this one. (laughs) Dave Campbell's Text Football is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Team of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 2 Dave Campbell's Text Football Teams of the Week. In 4A, Lavernia. The Bears shook off early struggles. Quarterback Gage Lowry was sharp, and the defense for six Geronimo Navarro turnovers to improve to 2-0 with a 2019 win over the state-ranked Panthers. In 3A, Poth. In the annual Polish Bowl rivalry with Fall City, the Pirates came out swinging and never looked back, holding the Beavers to just 114 yards of total offense while the running game took flight in a 58-0 victory, the second most lopsided win in the series' 63-game history. In 2A, Sundown, E.J. Hernandez ran for 131 yards and three touchdowns as the Roughnecks jumped out to a 48-0 halftime lead and never looked back, soaring past Sudan, 59-15. In 1A, Spring Lake Earth, 
Playing in their first season as a six-man program, the Wolverines look right at home, improving to 2-0 with a 48-0 victory over Hart. In the private school ranks, Arlington St. Paul, fueled by seven sacks from sophomore Jan, uh, James Pankert, the uh, James Pinkert, rather. The Lions defense put together a gutty effort to take down Hazlitt Legacy C- Classical Christian 30-26. to So those are your Week 2 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 4A, Lavernia. In 3A, Poth. In 2A, Sundown. In 1A, Spring Lake Earth. And in private school ranks, Arlington St. Paul. Congratulations to all the teams. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Ugh. You don't get to rankings? Yep. Okay. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is the official rankings partner of the Associated Press. We put out the Texas High School Football Rankings of Record. They usually come out on Mondays at noon here on Texas Football Today. They did go out on the website Monday at noon, but we didn't have a show. As a result, it's now Tuesday, and we're going to take a look at the new (laughs) rankings. We are going to, I will tell you, that 6A and 5A, unchanged. No why. They didn't play. Complete shock. Complete shock. shock. Everyone won. God. And nobody lost. Come on, guys. Nobody lost. It's amazing. <laughs> Give me something Man, we to know work with here. We know what we're doing rankings-wise. <laughs> anyway, yeah, our top, the top, the, we can't uh, the, get 40, wrong. <laughs> the 45 teams ranked in our 6A and 5A rankings are undefeated. So, uh, feels like we nailed it. <laughs> All right, let's go to 4A. Take a look at the 4A rankings. 4A Division One. Uh, a lot of, uh, uh, we have some movement at the top of the rankings. For Division One, a new number one as Argyle usurps Waco La Vega uh, on the strength of that big road win over Texarkana Pleasant Grove. They uh, move up to number uh, to number one. La Vega drops to number two. The rest of it relatively chalky, with the exception of a new number ten, the Bernie Greyhounds, whose 37-9 win over Splendora has them into the top ten. Over to 4A Division Two, where there's a little bit more chaos. Top five unchanged. Carthage, Pleasant Grove, West Orange Stark, Wimberley, and Gilmer. Jasper vaults up to number six with their big win over Silsby. Uh, uh, Waco Connolly uh, remains static at number seven despite their loss to Waco La Vega. The bottom three are all new. New number eight, Iowa Park, their big win over Canadian. New number nine, Belleville, their big win over Cameron Yo. And new number 10, China Spring with their big win over Lorena. To the 3A ranks we go. 3A Division One, top seven, nothing to see here. Brock, Grandview, Pottsboro, Wall, Malakoff, Rockdale, all winners, all, uh, and by the way, Gladewater, all winners, unchanged. Hallettsville up two spots to number eight from number 10, and the bottom two are new. Number nine, Shallowwater at 2-0 with their 34-14 win over Seminole, and number 10, Yoakum with their 21-7 win over Smithville. 3A Division Two is absolute chaos, and I want to talk about this. So... I believe we had five of the top ten lose, mm-hmm. but they all were punching up, with the exception of George West, who dropped from the rankings. Mm-hmm. As a result, what we started doing is we started looking at the strength of the lo- at the strength of the losses, and quite simply, Canadians rode lo- uh, one score loss to a now ranked four A team. Mm-hmm was enough for us to move them up to number one. Canadian, despite the loss, moves up to number one. Gunner dropped to number two. Paul Pewitt was a rare winner here. They move up to number three from number four. Newton, who still hasn't played a game, is up a spot. Uh, East Bernard uh, is up a spot uh, to number uh, to number five. Dangerfield drops from number three to number six with their 17-8 loss to Tatum. Lexington up a spot uh, with their win over Thrall. New to the rankings, number eight, Poth. You beat Fall City by 58, we'll notice. They're number eight. Franklin was idle last week. They remain static at number nine. And Abernathy remains the same at number 10 with their close win over Slayton. So three division two, a little bit of chaos, but this is what we ended up landing on with our rankings. 
to two A. Two A Division One, not a ton to see in the top eight. Uh, Shiner, Refurio, Post, Cisco, San Augustine, uh, San Saba, Groveton, and uh, or, or rather are all unchanged. I'm sorry, San Saba and Groveton are all up a spot. Um, uh, but then you add Lindsay, who beat Munster in the uh, Kraut Bowl. They are up to number eight. Flatonia, new to the rankings. They are 2-0 and after their win over Stockdale. They are number nine. And Thorndale remains the same at number 10 with a rare 6-0 win over Snook. 2A Division 2. Top six unchanged. Mart, Hamlin, Wellington, Winthorpe, Wink, Albany. All winners. All stay the same. But the bottom four, all new. Number seven, Stratford, back into the rankings after their big win over Stinnett West Texas, uh, 38-16. Clarendon into the rankings with uh, to move to 2-0 with their win over Rawls. Cross Plains, welcome to the rankings. They beat Goldthwaite 28-14, and Bremont cracked the top 10 uh, with their win over Axtell. To 1A, with the help of Granger Huntress of SixManFootball.com, our Class 1A rankings. Uh, the top to, uh, Rankin and Jonesboro remain the same. Sterling City up a spot. And how about Westbrook vaulting into the rankings from unranked to number 4 with their big win over Borden County. Borden County drops to number 6 as a result. May, uh, May uh, their loss to Sterling City has them down to number 7. White Deer's loss to Rankin has them down to number 8. Lakey and Happy uh, each drop a spot to make room for Westbrook. 1A Division 2 now. We have a new number 2. Richland Springs moves ahead of Calvert at the number 2 spot. Uh, so Balmeray remains the same at number 1. Uh, a lot of, Everything else more or less remains the same. Motley County vaulted back up a couple of spots with their big well, with their close win over Knox City. Uh, Groom back into the rankings. They beat Paducah 52, or 62-16. to 16. Private school ranks. There is a change here. And we, I'll be honest, we we toyed with this. There's no change to the six-man rankings because none of the teams that were ranked, uh, Fredericksburg Heritage, uh, New Braunfels Christian, Bastard Tribe Consolidated, Austin Veritas, and Dallas Lake Hill, none of them played. But in the 11-man ranks, and I'll be entirely honest about this, uh, we have now, uh, we have uh, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill now up to number three. It's really hard to rank them, and I'll tell you why. And nobody else played, by the way. It's really hard to rank them because... They are playing kind of an outlaw schedule. They're not a member of any any league right now. Uh, they're obviously very talented, but as a result, because they are not a member of any league, it's kind of hard to get a gauge on who they are. They're playing a tough schedule, but a lot of the teams they're playing are out of state. We're going to keep them at number three right now. I don't know if I necessarily see them moving up to number one unless like there's a bunch of chaos and they very clearly become it. But there's it's it's just a, it's a hard thing to do. Because of the way that the private school ranks are are, are, are managed, because they are uh, a variety of different leagues, it's hard to measure them against one another, and especially hard to measure it whenever you've got an independent like that. So, look, I just want to be honest with you. We rank Cedar Hill Trinity Christian for the first time at number three. We'll judge it on a week-by-week basis. I know this week I think they play Malakoff. Um, and then I think of their next seven games, I think they have seven games left. After that, and I think only one of them is against a Texas team. They're playing a lot of out-of-state teams. Really hard to get a read for them. I just want to be honest with you guys about what we're feeling with them. So, anyway, there's your rankings. Parish Episcopal, John Paul II, uh, Cedar Hill Trinity Christian, Fort Worth, Nolan, and Austin Regents round out the top five. And those are your rankings. TexasFootball.com slash rankings. We produce them every single Monday here on Texas Football Today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right, Pickle. Let's round it out with a nice campus. 
crawl. The campus crawl, a roundup of the Texas college football action. As usual, it's 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. In a random order, if you can guess the reason for the order, I'm sorry, it's not random because there is a, a reason <laughs> to it. In a new order. That is contradictory. If you can guess the reason that they're in this order, we will shout you out here on the show, and Pickle will send you a gift card for wings. Let's go for the campus crawl. <clears throat> we'll start with Baylor. They did not play. Nope. On to Rice. Oh, guess what? They did not play. Now, I mentioned off the top that they have. there is some news out of there that they are going to. Let me find that. What is the official um, delays practice? Um, yeah. Rice has delayed the start of um, uh, football se- uh, practice less than four weeks before the, sca- uh, the Owls are scheduled to open their pandemic-delayed and shortened season. They said that the infection rate in Houston, the need for reliable and very rapid testing, is, is difficult. Um, we don't know when they're going to start, uh, but they're going to—they're only going to play their eight conference games for now. Um, the school said a final decision on the start of practice will be made later in September, and that it will work with CUSA on any adjustments to the schedule. I'm just a little nervous. We're now getting to crunch time, and the more they kick that down the road, the less and less likely—the less and less convinced I am that they're going to play. So that's Rice. They're next. UTEP. Let's talk about the minors. The 1-0 minors. Uh, UTEP, who has more wins than Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Oregon combined. They're basically the number one team. I would in say the that nation, it's, to hard to, it's hard to. Uh, you, can't, hard, you can't deny that, that, honestly. Uh, the, the, feed Deion Hankins. That's our, this started off super scary for them because they fell behind 14-3, and I go, oh, no, UTEP. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but they, they, they figured it out. The defense bowed up. I want to give the defense some credit. They got kind of punched in the mouth early, but they bowed up and really shut down Stephen F. Austin after that. I thought they were very impressive uh, defensively. Uh, look, it was not pretty. I thought Gavin Hardison was okay throwing the ball when he had time to throw. Um, Deion Hankins is very clearly their best. Uh, it's it's him and then Jacob Cowing, their wide receiver. They're, they're very clearly their best two players. Um, okay, 1-0 is 1-0. And at this point, UTEP is not in the business of complaining about style points. A win is a win, so um, I would say that um, that's a pretty, pretty good win there for them, and they're 1-0. They now go to Texas to take on the Longhorns and pull the upset, so that's the win. That's, that's what's going on. SMU. Started off a little... Let's talk yikes. about something, okay? <laughs> Let's talk about something, because I saw some Shane Bouchelle slander on my Twitter timeline. Let me tell you something about our sweet, sweet boy Shane Bouchelle. <laughs> Okay? The most special boy. That's the leading passer in the nation, boy. 367 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had two interceptions, one of which, at least one of them, was not his fault at all. Like, the receiver fell down. Um, the offense took a while to get going. It, it looked in the early going, and, and this is admitted, admittedly, you know, I was being a little facetious with that. The offense in the first half was a little spotty. Yeah. And did not look particularly sharp. Once they got the running game going and once Shane Bouchelle had a little bit of time to pa- uh, to, to throw, they really locked in. I thought uh, Rishi Rice was really, really solid. Reggie Roberson remains unbelievable. TJ McDaniel had a nice game. Um, I'm a little worried about the defensive front. 
I don't know if that defensive front is as good as we thought it was. No. Uh, I don't want to overreact too much to one data point, but, uh, I mean. That was easily the Texas, worst part of that team. Texas State was able to run for 189 yards, five yards a pop, and that's a little concerning. Mm-hmm. So, I would say that uh, for SMU, a win's a win. You go on the road, you get a victory. Uh, didn't cover, I'll say that. But um, that's that's something, I, I, I you know, chalk it up to week one, chalk it up to a weird offseason, but – now going forward, and who knows when they're playing TCU now? Mm-hmm. Who knows when their next game is? But, um, yeah, I would say that that is something uh, to keep an eye on. Texas A&M. DNP. Coach's decision. Texas. DNP. Coach's decision. Houston. Did not play. DNP. Coach's decision. North Texas. Caw. Okay. <laughs> I think they got a quarterback. His kid uh, looked impressive. So they, they ran out. They were, they didn't run out three quarterbacks, by the way. Our boy, Casey Martin, got some run, too. Yes. Shout out to Casey Martin. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, fundamentally, this is a two-quarterback competition between Austin Ani and Jason Bean. Jason Bean looked good. I was impressed. I thought Jason Bean looked really sharp. And it was funny, too, because in his postgame thing, he even said he was like, I felt a little shaky at first, and I was like, Buddy, you got the ball and, and drove him all the way down the field for a touchdown right off the bat. And yes, I acknowledge it's Houston Baptist, but... Um, shout out, by the way, to Bailey Zappi for throwing the ball 62 times. <laughs> love Bailey Zappi. <laughs> I love Houston Baptist so often. It's so, yes. so big and dumb. Um, and also just a bunch of players that I really liked in high school, like Bailey Zappi, Ian Beek, and a lot of guys I liked. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, Josh Stearns. Anyway, that's not here nor there. They ran the ball well. Right, I thought they ran the ball pretty consistently, uh, almost seven yards carry, um, and if they have that offensive diversity, that's going to be really, really important for them going forward. Defense, you know, yeah. look, Houston Baptist has a, has a pretty pretty explosive offense, but they did give up 480 yards passing to an FCS team. That's not awesome, not awesome. But I do think a win's a win for North Texas, and 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 one and zero is one and zero. Uh, they get the victory, and I and I think they got a quarterback. I think Jason Bean looked looked really good, mm-hmm. and I I would say that he's got to be the guy going forward. TCU, oh. so uh, we do we do have to talk about TCU, but not for good things, because that game has been TCU and SMU has been postponed due to. The coronavirus. It was going to be played this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no Friday. this Friday. Friday. It's be played they moved this Friday. It to Friday. That game uh, has been. Are they saying it's been canceled now, or are they saying it's going to be postponed indefinitely? I don't know. I'm seeing can- people are not using that word correctly. Reacts a cancellation. I'm seeing cancellation. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, that game, that game is is being canceled. The last I had heard, because this came down Friday when I was getting mm-hmm. ready for the show, so I didn't have time to really catch up on it. Uh, TCU has an outbreak, and as a result, they're not going to play their game against SMU. It sounds. I thought from what I had heard, they were going to like postpone it indefinitely. It sounds like that game has now been canceled, and so. Yeah, so now they look forward to a couple of weeks. They get a couple more weeks to work and hopefully get healthy. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little frustrating. We won't get an iron skillet this year. Um, it's a you know it's a hundred year rivalry. It's disappointing. It's going to be the hundredth year. So a little disappointing. Anyway, there's TCU. They did not play coronavirus. Texas State. Let's talk about the fight in Ishmael Johnson. <laughs> I said this in Monday morning fallout. 
I was impressed. Me too. I was impressed. They look noticeably better. Yes. They look noticeably crisper. Um, I thought that their ability to run the ball is such a welcome sign. Calvin Hill and Brock Sturgis were great. They ran really, really well. Uh, Brady McBride was okay. He was okay. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get better as it, as they move on. Um, look, this is this is uh, this is a team that can beat some teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a better team, and I think there's a difference with Jake Spavadol calling plays. Right. I, I was, think yeah. I think that they are a better, more explosive, more dynamic team with Jake Spavadol calling the plays. And the communication looked really smooth. Like they. Yeah. They got it. They knew what they were doing. It was, yeah, I was very impressed with that too. If they hold on to the ball, then, you know, they have a chance to win this game, right? You know, they, they ended up turning the ball over twice. They fumbled that they should have lost two other fumbles. Um, yeah, I would say that this was a really solid performance from them. I know, like, you know, don't get into moral victories, but overall, not a ton to complain about. I thought that was pretty solid there from, uh, uh, from the, the Bobs. UTSA, DNP, coach's decision. And Texas Tech, DNP, coach's decision. There it is, your campus crawl for week one, a weird week one. And now, there are going to be, are there four games this week? I think there's four games this week. Yeah, because School. SMU, yeah. TCU uh, yeah. will so not be happening. Our games this week, uh, and we'll have it, we'll have, of course, complete coverage of TexasFootball.com, 11 a.m., La Tech at Baylor, 2.30, UTSA at Texas State, 7 p.m., and then a pair of 7 p.m.s, UTEP at Texas, and Houston Baptist travels to Lubbock to take on the mighty Red Raiders. So there is your campus crawl. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, I really don't think that there are any. That was... Did anybody guess the order? Yes, yes, yes. That's uh, I believe so. Jacob John almost right off the bat said coach's name in alphabetical order. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. That's correct. It was funny because I knew. Yeah. I after he he guessed it on like the second or third one. It was right before we got to uh, Sunny Dykes, and I was like, Oh, he's right. He's exactly <laughs> right. Aranda Bloomgren, Dimmel Dykes, Fisher Herman Holgerson Latrell Patterson. Spavital, Trailer, Wells. There you go. Uh, Good Meese, job, Jacob John. Meese did say uh, least to most crab grabs. True. Also true. <laughs> also Although true. Texas would be least. Yes. Because they were the victim. <laughs> and then everybody else tied for zero. <laughs> zero. They're zero. They're, they're Texas negative one. <laughs> and then Texas one. Anyway. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Craig White, Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, my name is Greg Tepper. Vince Young, if you can get a player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for a shorter show. I won't talk as much. <laughs> Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.